0: Please hear the words of the poet Alice Walker. Love is not concerned with whom you pray or where you slept the night you ran away from home. Love is concerned that the beating of your heart should kill no one.
1: What is the First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin all about? We gather together in community to nourish souls Transform lives and do
0: justice. Our meditation reading today is by Richard Jeffries. It is eternity now. I'm in the midst of it. It is about me and the sunshine. I'm in it as the butterfly in the light-laden air. Nothing has to come. It is now. Now is eternity. Now is the immortal life.
1: I've only been here a couple of months, but I feel that it is exciting to live in the state capital, don't you? This weekend, the Occupy Austin protest began, and it's supposed to go through the uh, first part of December. The people are angry about Wall Street bailouts with absolutely no thanks, forthcoming, or humility in evidence from the people that we rescued. We're angry about credit cards moving the due date, even though we have it paid on automatic payment. They move the due date so that we're late, and we didn't even notice it, unless we watch them like hawks, and then they're charging us 29% interest. If any of y'all own credit card companies, I'm sorry, but that is wrong. We're angry about home foreclosures and predatory lending practices. We're angry about out-of-control health care costs and about the unavailability of health insurance, even for middle-class people. And we're angry that people are not taken into account in corporate decisions with the same kind of religious fervor that the bottom line is taken into account. And we can stand on the Capitol Steps of all the towns across America, and the people can show we're angry. But this sermon is not about anger. This sermon is about love. And this sermon is about what will happen on the Capitol Steps next weekend, which is that we're going to have a wedding or two. Yeah, yeah. Marriage Equality on the Capitol Steps, 5 to 7, next Saturday afternoon. In the crowd will be Unitarian Universalist supporters, and we will have a great big banner that says, Standing on the Side of Love, because that is our denomination's theme when it comes to marriage equality. It takes courage to stand with folks who are protesting. It takes courage to come out as a gay person. It takes courage to come out as a straight ally. If you are a straight person, there's a lot you don't have to think about if you don't want to. If you're a straight white person, there's even more you don't have to think about if you don't want to. That's one of the privileges of being heterosexual, of being white, of not being the other in our culture. But this congregation is talking about radical hospitality, and so I want to talk to you about it. Uh, This is not the last talk that we'll have about it. I hope to have more talks with you when we're in a context when you can talk back more than just saying, you know, amen or uh, I don't like that. Not that I've ever heard that from the pulpit. Thank you. Now I feel at home. I was preaching in a church one time, and this lady in the back row was like, Help for Jesus. That's not good. Let's talk about being welcoming, and let's talk about being welcoming to gay and lesbian folks. There are lots of different layers of welcome that I'd like to talk to you about, and the first layer of welcome is where many, many congregations are um, congregations of of all kinds now, and that is we welcome gay and lesbian folks into our congregations. (laughs) We'll sit there next to you in the pew, and we won't imagine you're going to hell, But please, you know, don't, just don't talk about it too much. And, um, don't try to, like, bring your children forward to be baptized or talk about your anniversaries. That kind of welcome has a problem in that it's not all that friendly. And it's easily irritated. People who are having that level of welcome, I've, um, they, well, I just want to say they're easily irritated, Um, which I also am easily irritated, but it's about a whole different thing. (laughs) I'm irritated about stuff you should be irritated about. That's all I'm saying. So a middle layer of welcome, let's get out of this dangerous topic, a middle layer of welcome is a more informed welcome. Um, people who have this middle layer of welcome are aware of the history and the struggle of the other. When it's uh, civil rights for African American people, people are aware of the history of the civil rights struggle. When we're talking about civil rights for Gay and lesbian people, people in this layer of welcome, they know what Stonewall was. They know who Harvey Milk was. They know basically what heterosexual privilege is. And I know that you all know that stuff too. But I want to just tell you a tiny bit about it, um, just in case there's somebody here who doesn't know about heterosexual privilege. And that is, what do you? The privileges are the ones you give up when you come out, Um, one, you, you give up the privilege of not having to think about it anymore. You give up the privilege of not having to explain yourself. People don't look at your life partner and go, well, you know, a lot of heterosexual people do have to defend their life partner, don't get me wrong. I know that's true. I know there are people who go, honey, you could do better. <laughs> Darling, really. But there's nobody who actually says, ew, I just can't think about it. Um, there actually was a lady who said that to me when in, a, in a church long, long, long ago, uh, back before I came out. She was like, oh, this gay, I just don't even, I don't know one, and I don't want to know one, and I don't even think I could be in the same room with one. Well, what I know now is she lived in the house with one. Her son <laughs> turned out very well, and also gay. Um, and an activist, so I'm sure she knows. In uh, In most states, if you're gay, you can't get married. More than that you don't have public support for your relationship. Usually, if you have a bunch of straight friends and one of them is in a straight relationship, everybody asks about, you know, well, where did you go? Did you have a good time? What did he say? What did she say? Oh, man, that's romantic. Oh, I can't believe it. And um, if you're a gay person with straight friends and you're in a new relationship or you're in a relationship, it's a big deal for them to even ask about the person by name. And... Much less to say, it's your anniversary coming up, or um, to say, how's it going? What did she say? What did you say? What did she say? Oh, that's so romantic. That never happens. They just go, oh, uh, yeah, uh, (laughs) I hope you're happy. Big deal for your family to send them a present at Christmas. Sometimes, if you're at work, it's more trouble than it's worth to have pictures of your family on your desk. Sometimes, it's as much as your life is worth to express affection in public. Legal things that you give up, are the ability to inherit automatically when your partner dies, lots of marriage benefits that you give up. You can't really grieve publicly for a partner if you're not with a bunch of allies. It's a long list. In coming out, a gay person gains the sense of living authentically. In coming out as a straight ally, a straight person gains a sense of living authentically, even with the things that you've given up. And so, I want to talk to you about being an ally. I'll tell you the story of a small congregation in South Carolina, um, my congregation, where two straight women in the, uh, the uh, congregation decided that Spartanburg, small town, 250,000 people, South Carolina, mid, just absolutely deep south, um, that they needed a pride parade. Even the gay people were like, oh, you guys really, um... <laughs> and they were like, no, we need a pride parade. We'll march in it if you won't, and we're like, oh, so they went to the mayor, and they said, Bill. We're going to have a pride parade. And he said, I really wish you wouldn't. (laughs) But he promised police protection because everybody was sure there was going to be a big shootout. And so we gathered, about 600 of us, in the parking lot of the Unitarian Universalist congregation. And we marched downtown. And there were about 30 protesters telling us we were going to hell. And we did not engage with the protesters because we had people lining the route with big rainbow umbrellas behind them so we could really barely even see the protesters. And it was a lovely, lovely time. And I want to tell you this. The next year in this small town in South Carolina, 1,500 people came out. Black, white, gay, straight. Everybody who was anybody from several towns around came to the Pride Parade, and it was a great... Event. That is Ally. This congregation also on coming out weekend used to have a coming out coffee house where they would move all the pews and have a dance party for straight people, gay people, everybody in the congregation would come. And there was an older couple who really knew how to dance well, and a straight couple, and they would give us all shag lessons. I don't know if y'all know shag dancing, that's a big South Carolina thing to do. And so all the gay people, and we were all dancing to, um, You know, 60-Minute Man and uh, other songs of the Motown era. We were having a good time. And people would come in, hesitant, shrinking, and come to life in that little coffee house. So what I want to say is there are many ways of standing on the side of love. There are many ways of being an ally. Just be an ally by trying on... Some of the loss of privilege that you would have if you were gay. Just think about not touching your partner in public for a week. Just think about using gender-neutral language as if you were trying to hide what gender your partner was. Just think about the looks you would get if you said, I went to the movies with my partner last night. Now, partner can be a husband, can be a wife. But in those looks that you get... You'll just get a tiny little taste of what life is like for a gay person every day. Try it on. Kaya and I are going to sing you a song that I wrote for Coming Out Day, one year, along, uh, several years ago. It's based on the story that is told of the king of Denmark. I don't know if you've heard this story. When the Nazis took over Denmark and asked all the Jews to wear gold Star of David on their armband, The next day, the king of Denmark took a walk with a gold star on his armband, and by that afternoon, everyone in Denmark was wearing one. So at the end of the song, we ask you to stand, and we will stand with you, not just asking the gay people to stand, but asking us to stand together. how long after that till you understood
0: how hard did you pray
1: to make it so great it was never a part of anybody's plan how hard did you work not to tell your mother Because you hated the father of seeing her cry You would rather say nothing Than do her any harm So you paid for her innocence
0: Lie after lie beauty in you,
1: to the light in your eyes, to the pain you disguise, to your broken heart. And to the beauty in you, we will not lie anymore. You got your hand on the door, and make us start. How hard you work. Don't tell your father how closely did you. Watch his face. Did he close it down? Did his eyes grow distant? Did he take it all on as a as his To the To the light in your eyes. To the pain you disguise. Lies anymore. grab you your hand on that door, let make us start. How many times will you have to tell it? How many friends just stay from sight while the preacher thunders about sin and damnation? How many sad midnights did you fear? He was right. I think it be you. the light in your eyes. i
0: My name is Pat Walters, and I've been asked by the stewardship team to say some things about what this church means to me. As you all know, we're in the midst of our stewardship campaign. I'm this year's chairperson of the nominating committee. My husband and I first came to this church in February of 2008, and we came to a Paradox Players performance. Now, I've been interested and intrigued by this faith for a long, long time because my cousin had been a Unitarian since college. So that night, during the intermission of the play, we were out in, the, out in the foyer, and we picked up some literature about the church and started visiting shortly thereafter, and we joined the church in the fall of 2008. Now, I'm one of those people, I actually think that there are millions out there, who has been a Unitarian Universalist my whole life. It just took me about 65 years to figure it out. What I can tell you is that from the first moment in this church, it felt like home, I loved the sanctuary. I loved the candle wall. I loved that questioning my faith was not only encouraged, it was almost a prerequisite. I loved the people I met, and I loved the spirituality I sensed. One of the questions on this year's stewardship survey is this How have you witnessed the transformation of a life, yours or another's, because of our church? Transformation is a big word. Maybe it's even an intimidating word, but I can state unequivocally that I have been transformed by my involvement with this church. I've gone from looking for reasons not to go to church to looking forward to Sunday mornings. Bill and I have moved from being Sunday morning members of a congregation to becoming active participants in the bigger picture life of the church. For me, that has been the Congregational Care Committee, the Harvest the Power Leadership Series, Adult RE, and the Nominating Committee. For him, it's been the Grounds Committee and Paradox Players. We have deepened earlier friendships, and we've made new ones. In short, this church has become an integral part of our lives. The success of our church depends on all of us. The success of our church requires each of us to contribute. Our time, our talents and expertise, and yes, our money— I know that each of you has your own story of transformation, and I hope that you will pledge thoughtfully and generously to support our church's work in 2012. And now, right before we collect this morning's offering, please hear these words from Meg Barnhouse. The purpose of the church is to encourage all who gather there to grow more generous in spirit and in action. This is the great end of all the world's faith traditions, to bring the human being closer to the divine by acts of creation and compassion. We now take an offering that allows us to exercise that all-important generosity of spirit, an offering that will support this self-supporting church and its many ministries. The gifts of the congregation will now be most gratefully received.
1: And now as we go forth into the world, may we find that this experience changes us, coming together to see one another's beautiful faces, to think together, to feel together, to give together, to receive together. May you go into the world and may you be blessed, and may you be a blessing. This is a presentation of the First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. For more information, visit our website at www.austinuu.org.